Hey everybody, it's Mitch Spinell from the Film Fight Podcast heading into today's new episode. We are going to debate best movie musical and we're also going to talk about a couple of other things, a few things Marvel, a few things new releases just before that. Uh, obviously, if you want to get to the debate, go around the halfway point of the episode. You'll find it there, but make sure to listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to everything that we have to talk about today. So thank you again for w- listening and here is today's episode. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome on into episode six of the Film Fight Podcast. Here's Mitch Spinell. Here's Mikey Rogers in the same studio again. Hi, Mitch. Are you happiest that you've ever been? Oh, I don't think I've ever been this happy. I, I, got, I got it wrong last episode, and I got it wrong this week's episode. It's not happiest you've ever been. It's you haven't been this happy ever, correct? No, it's I don't think I've ever been this happy. And I got it from Chad Shoemaker, who okay. got it from Stripes, oh, the movie right. Stripes. I haven't seen Stripes <laughs> in a long, long time. All, all I remember from it lately is the Family Guy joke where it kind of mentions that stripes takes a long time to get into because he's like a cab driver at first and then he gets into the army or whatever however it goes i i'll have yet i've yet to rewatch it is what oh, I'm saying. stripes basically. is an, an hilarious picture but my favorite thing is when you say that at a cashier you know you're out you're at your convenience store and you're, you're ringing out and they go mm-hmm. how are you today and you go oh i don't think i've ever been this happy <laughs> they just look at you like are you being sarcastic? Or well, not? how many how many cashiers nowadays are getting that reference? Because Stripes is, I think, almost a forty year old movie, if not older than forty. That's not my problem. Well, <laughs> regardless, uh, we are going to talk some movies today, and then eventually get into our uh, debate. Um, how was your week, man? Oh, it was good. It was very good. And you sent me a movie review last night. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen. Mitchell went without me. Yeah, <laughs> to the theater. I, it was on a whim <laughs> to see a movie. I was in I was in Canton for uh, an event or a couple of football games this weekend, and I stayed in a hotel, uh, the Holiday Inn uh, in downtown. So I just decided after checkout on Sunday, I thought, oh, I'll go see a quick movie, a matinee, not a matinee because it's not during the week. But I went and saw King Richard, which is the new uh, biopic sports film that. Will Smith stars in as the father of the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus. Well, how was it? I really enjoyed it. I think it's, I mentioned this in the studio, it's by far the best movie about tennis ever made. Now, granted, there's really only three tennis movies I could think of, including this one, but this one ranks one of the best films I've seen so far this year. I think it's a very refreshing take on what you would normally see in a sports type movie, especially a biopic, and there's some really great uh, twists to a story that could easily be seen as unlikable and unapproachable, but it, it's very emphatic on family dynamics and and trying to make sure that your kids will have a better life than you did. Well, I, you know, I've seen the movie advertised and I've watched the trailers, and it does seem like it's something that would interest me. Um, for you specifically, though... Uh, where does the story pick up with them? How young are they when the story starts? Because I know it focuses on Venus and Serena when they're when they're kids. Are they in high school? Yeah. W- well, it's not just the the Williams sisters. There was five daughters that the family oh. had. There were See, five I daughters in the family, and really only Serena and Venus were into tennis, and that's where it, the story centralizes. It picks up when they're around, I believe, ten or eleven years old. So it's okay. the early nineties, and then it stretches into. 
Um, get into some light spoiler talk. I don't want to do any spoilers because I want people to go see this because right. it's one of those films that I think is doing fine for a, not such, such a high budget, but it's it's not going to get a huge traction compared to other films, especially in December. Um, it ends right around when Venus went pro okay. for the first time. Like the, That's the thing about the movie is that the, the film really centralizes on Venus's rise in the ranks because she was the first of the Williams sisters to go pro and kind of become her own thing. And then obviously Serena became arguably the most decorated, uh, greatest tennis okay, player so of I guess all that time, was my male question. or female. That, that was my question mm-hmm. then because um, you and I both know I do, I love, I love sports. I love yeah. football. I love hockey. I have, I get into baseball sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not a big tennis person. Yeah. So I, I always forget which, cause isn't Serena, she's like, she is like the biggest the all-time athlete, like winningest major, win- like Grand Slams winner. Yeah, because um, she's singles. like top ten athletes of all time. She's I mean, definitely you could, one you of the most successful. She's she's probably the most. If you had to like rank male or female tennis players, okay, Serena's got to be like right there as like like number one, if not number two, or whatever. Okay, so for you, based on the film King, mm-hmm. King Richard, what are your top three takeaways from the movie? I think it's a very a uh, good story about family. Okay. I think there is uh, a good dynamic between mostly Richard Williams, who will again Will Smith plays, but also it it really gives a lot to the the mother Williams. And I'm trying to get the name up here again. The woman who plays uh, Brandy, his wife, Richard's wife in the film, Anjanae Ellis. She is fantastic in the film as well because it's a family dynamic that ensures that the kids succeed at whatever they want to do, but at the same time, it doesn't shy away from what some people may have thought or may still think of their dynamic was at the time, where back in the 90s, Richard Williams was essentially a a version of what some people thought of LeVar Ball today, where he seems like the overbearing sports dad who's, you know, trying to do all these things to ensure his kid's success, and he's maybe taking it a little too far. And the movie kind of highlights that sometimes where, where Richard, you know, puts himself into situations where it's like, what are you doing guy? But at the same time, you know, he's doing it because he cares about his kids. He wants to ensure that they can get, you know, to a better place in life. And they want to make sure they turn into these uh, successful figures, but it's, it's never done in a way that makes you so uncomfortable that you can't root for them. Like, I was wanting, I was rooting for the family to succeed, even though, you know, the events that are going to happen down the road. Right. Okay, well, cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the film. I don't know when I'm still behind. I need to go see House of Gucci, too. I mean, there's yeah, still... Yeah, I, I thought about going to see that, too. But, <sighs> and again, they have, they have similar run times. This is a longer movie than I would have expected. It's about two hours and 20 minutes long, King Oof. Richard is. But, it, it, but there's no point in the movie where I was like, oh, they could have trimmed this down a little bit. It just seems like it's going on for So it had nice pacing? Long. Sure. I, I think that everything, everything complemented the film well. Obviously, the performances I just mentioned, the two girls who play the Williams uh, sisters, Sania Sidney plays Venus, Demi Singleton plays Serena. They're both fantastic. John Berthal has kind of an against type performance. You're used to seeing him play all these like manly uh, badasses, and he's kind of a, he's not like a a goof, like a goofball, but he kind of has this sort of quirkiness to him as their coach. Okay. He's kind of, you know, cracking jokes from time to time, and everybody, everybody just is, is, 
they have their flaws, but they're likable. Like everybody, you want to see these people like help each other and make sure that everything works out for them. And then the ending, which again, I won't spoil, even though it kind of highlights what happened in real life. It's a twist on the typical sports ending where it's like they, they achieved something great, even though it doesn't seem like that at the end. It's a very kind of thoughtful ending, I guess I should say. Hmm. And then it highlights all the success that the Williams sisters would eventually have in women's tennis. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to have to go out and see that one. I, I still got to get I gotta get to watch Tick, Tick, Boom, but I cannot. <laughs> m- emotionally, I cannot find the will to watch that movie yeah. because I know I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be great, mm-hmm. but... Again, it's it's a bio. It, it's it's right. it's not a biopic. It's about the guy who made Rent. It's about the guy who wrote Rent, and if you know any history about him, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's going to have a happy right. ending. Yeah. So I guess that's the reason I've stayed away from Tick Tick Boom, even though I really want to watch it because it's Lin Manuel's directing debut. You have Andrew Garfield as the mm-hmm. title character, and honestly, it looks visually stunning based on the little clips that I've seen of the film so far. Yep. So it's just I got to work myself up mentally to be able to watch that film for sure. And then King Richard. I should also. I think I mentioned it. Probably the best sports movie I've seen this year. Obviously, the competition is uh, uh, Space Jam uh, in, ter- in terms of films that I have fantastic. seen. So I, I ended up writing in my written review, which you mentioned. Which, by the way, Mitch's movies at medium.com. Um, I said this is like Mike Tyson fighting Jimmy Smith for the undisputed belt. Have you ever seen Jimmy <laughs> Smith fight? No. I'm going to show you after this episode ends. <laughs> if you know who Jimmy Smith the boxer is, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we got that. You also had me watch episode three of... of Hawkeye. Yes. Which now, this will include spoilers because sure. it, it's been out for over... It, they're coming up with a new episode this week. So, um, let's get into episode three of Hawkeye. Um, my take on on Hawkeye so far overall as a series is I absolutely adore it. I find myself laughing the entire time I, for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself being... Have it like on edge a little bit because you care about the characters, you care about Hawkeye, you care about uh, Kate Bishop, you you care about the people you're supposed to care about. The action scenes in Hawkeye are really well done, um, and they have some really fun callback moments. And you know the whole premise of the show is uh, Clint Barton wants to get home to his family for Christmas, and he's stuck with this you know teenage college kid yeah. who's kind of ruining his Christmas, but they're kind of in it together to try to take out uh, the people who are, you know, there's the guy who murdered her, her, what is it? Her stepdad's uncle. Something like that. I yeah. can't remember anymore. So, but yeah, but it, it's full of fun callbacks. Um, the episode opens with the, the Maya character, which I believe is Echo. Is that because she's getting yeah. her own Disney plus series. I read that today. Really? Okay. You get a weird hand that comes out in a flashback sequence. It's basically chronicling her early life. How yeah. was she born deaf, or is that just she was born deaf? She was born deaf. Uh, she kind of learns to use her other. She's basically like dead, like Daredevil, but instead of losing her sight, it's losing your hearing. Right. Um, and, and, speaking, that, and speaking of Daredevil, oh yeah, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get we'll get to Daredevil because okay. I'm very excited about that. Um. But yeah, then you get the, the the hand that's like, oh, is it Kingpin? Yeah, is it yeah? So, um, and then the Hank Pym arrow, I love that 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 fight scene where they're in the car, the car chase scene, and Hawkeye really loves the uh, 
he loves that the Dodge Challenger, and he does he decides not to take it because yeah. he doesn't want to ruin the car. And then the tracksuit mafia is chasing them, and then it looks like it's filmed on a GoPro because it's all shaky and stuff. That whole sequence it has that one tracking shot where it goes from the front of the car and then it shows the back, and then it keeps spinning. Yes, it's interesting. I, and Hawkeye doesn't have his hearing aid because yes. it gets broken in the fight with Echo, but then it gets fixed later. It gets fixed later, but it's interesting to see that like he's having trouble communicating, mm-hmm. so. Kate Bishop has to be the archer, and she's, like, killing it. Um, and then, you know, you have this double Hawkeye fight scene, which is so cool, versus all these bad guys. Um, and then, you know, the the heart-wrenching call he gets. That's my favorite part of the episode. Where from his little boy. He, he gets a call from his son, and then... He in thinks order it's to, his wife. He thinks it's his okay. wife, because it says home. And then in order to communicate with him, Kate takes, like, a pad and pencil and starts writing... What the little boy is saying. Yes, and... Through the conversation, you you start to feel bad for Clint because he's missing more and more of his family's holiday, and you see Kate starting to realize, like, hey, I'm costing this guy his holiday with his time with his family. Yeah, and it shows how selfless she is because Hawkeye's her all-time favorite hero. Yeah. And for her to be like, oh, my gosh, like, I need to, we need to stop what we're doing to but, try to solve this. But it never feel it, she never feels like a character that you're rooting against solely because she's messing up things for a legacy character that we already know. No, I think the, the whole point is she's a superhero in training. I mean, she has all the qualities to be a superhero, to be an Avenger type, but she's still, she's young and clumsy. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um, she's super talented. She's obviously as good as Hawkeye is with a bow and arrow. There's no undisputing that. It's just, she's not very stealthy. She tries and she's just clumsy and she, she makes a big scene every time, but she has this like raw talent where she could get herself out of these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite part of the episode is when I, I don't know, I forget where they're sitting, but Hawkeye just has this like really down to earth moment. And he's like, I'm nobody's role model. And she was like, you're mine. Like it was, a, it was a beautiful, it was, was that, a really pretty was that scene. scene in the, was that a scene in the diner? I think that's when it is. Cause he's okay. like, I, I'm not anybody's. Oh, cause she's trying to tell him what cost he needs a costume. Yeah. But she, the comic branding. book at, branding. He said, I'm, I'm nobody's, I'm nobody's role was model. Was that, let me ask you something. She mentions a couple of ideas in terms of costumes. I, she mentions like, oh, you could wear purple uh, or you could wear all black with a mask. Now were those original looks that Hawkeye had in his comics? Well, the first reference is the original Hawkeye costume. Which yes. is purple. Which is purple, yeah. right? Which, based on the trailers that I've seen from the show, he will eventually it looks like Yeah, it already looks like they already spoiled him getting that costume. Yeah, he's going to have the costume at some point. How, however, the, oh, then they named the dog Pizza Dog. That was cute. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. That just uh, There's so much I loved about the episode. Sure. It's, just, it's short, um, but that's okay. It was only like... 28 minutes. It was not a long episode. Are you sure? I thought it was the, <clears throat> no, the standard, sh- like, 40-some minutes. No, time. it's the shortest of the series so far. Why would they do that? Why do they make one episode shorter than the others? I don't know. I, I feel they like that was Loki. Not, Look I, it up. I feel like that's not right. I mean, I'm looking up Hawkeye episode show uh, times. Sure. It, all it's going to do is show me when the next episodes are releasing. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, again, we talked about this last week. What is up with the episodes dropping at, like, 3 in the morning? I don't know. It's because it'd be midnight Pacific time. I guess, but, like... I don't like it. What do we do here? I, 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 I have no time to do these to look it up anyway. No, that's fine. But yeah, it's a shorter episode. You could trust me on that. And then it ends with the... Stepdad. Well, they break, they break into her mother's loft. Like penthouse. What, what was it for? They needed to get on the security system because her mom owns the security company. And they needed to look up what? Uh, the tracksuit mafia guy and that Maya girl. They wanted to find out who they were. 
Okay. And so they needed the security system to, oh, to yeah, get information yeah. about, you know, what the next move is. And when they're in the house and while Kate's breaking into the security firewall, Hawkeye can feel the vibrations of somebody walking. Mm-hmm. So he, he slowly starts walking out. And then obviously the, the uh, stepdad has the Ronin sword and pulls the Ronin sword out on him. Yes. So that was, that's a interesting take. Obviously Clint's going to know cause he was Ronin. Yeah. You know that, Hey, this, you know, so I, I, I'm just, I am thoroughly impressed by Hawkeye. I did not think this would be my favorite Marvel show so far. This as, is your favorite now. Uh, hold on, uh, show's not done. Show's not done. But as, okay. of, as of this moment, it's my favorite. With WandaVision being a close second, because to me, that was just a beautiful storyline. Um, but I just like, I wish, I, I want them to make more shows like this. It like seems, this. It's, it, I'm getting a lot of people that are saying they like the show now because it seems very small scale. It's great. It's more grounded than a lot of other higher concepts in, yes. the, in the universe. And it's not clunky. It's a smooth story. It's a, it's, it reminds me of if the MCU were to put on Daredevil. Like, that's how it yep. would look. And that's kind of what I would like. On that note, what's the latest report? On what exactly? Daredevil. Uh, well, there was a confirmation from Kevin Feige, I believe it was either today or yesterday, that said that uh, if... And I'm assuming it's when, rather than if, if Daredevil were to come back into the Marvel Universe, Charlie Cox will be in the Playing role him. still. Yes. Yes. It's, they're not going to, like, recast, which absolutely... Timing! Which makes what do you sense, think? Makes sense to me. I mean, look, I don't know. What they, do you think of the timing of it, though? It's interesting. What's coming out? There's two things coming out. There's obviously one of the biggest movies of our lives, most anticipated <laughs> movies of our lives, and also what we talked about in the Hawkeye episode. You see a figure... Comforting Maya, younger Maya, after one of her karate matches or whatever. Which, by the way, how did she take down a, a fat kid? Dude, it's a superhero show. I know, but it's just like a five... They're superheroes. I'm, I'm fine with, like, grown women taking on, like, grown men in these, these like, shows and movies because, like, oh, they have enhanced abilities or whatever. But, like, a five-year-old kid, it doesn't matter. So, you see King... You see somebody... Comforting them from like not even the waist down. It's more just like to the waist side and down because all you see is like a hand and a sleeve, and it's like a presumably a black suit. Which from MC or from Netflix Daredevil, Wilson Fisk wears a lot of black. Sure, and there and, and, and the cufflings and the father of Maya, who we we completely forgot the whole subplot with her backstory is that her father was I believe part of the tracksuit mafia gang that was slashed by Ronan. By a Ronin, and I think they're doing something interesting with that, though, because they don't exactly show Jeremy Renner as Ronin killing them. I think they might be doing a... a I don't know, because he seems to know what's going on. Sure, but he might... I don't know. I, I don't believe it's, it's that cut and dry yet. Maybe if, they, maybe if there's more information in the next two episodes, then I can confirm, oh yeah, this is a case of Maya wanting to get back at Hawkeye. I'm just Ronin. waiting for Yelena to show up from Black Widow. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how yeah, they... Apparently, she's supposed to be in this. Tie that we'll into... I mean, you don't put that in the end of the Black Widow for no reason. Right. So. It would make sense. But then what I was going to talk about is that you see uh, Maya's father is one of the people gets, gets gets killed in the attack by Ronin. Then she's obviously going to grow up and try to take revenge. Although she does have a moment with him where she realizes that he is hard of hearing. He uses that device. She kind of softens up to him, but then it becomes cold again when she realizes she. It almost seems like she despises that he uses tech to like help him hear rather than use his senses. If that makes sense. Yeah, like she I does. could see that. Which you know that seemed a little out there because it's kind of like why would you 
I don't know. It, I don't know. To me, Hawkeye is near flawless so far. It's okay. accomplishing everything that the show is trying to accomplish. I still want to see an ep- I want to keep watching it. I mean, again, it's only a limited series, so I don't have to invest so much. And that's another thing, too. This is only a six-episode series. Do you think timing, though? Maybe Spidey might show up? Spider-Man, I don't think so. It doesn't really... But maybe Daredevil? Mm, I don't even know about Daredevil. I think think at best you're going to get Kingpin, probably Yelena, and then that's it. It's just interesting that this is lining up right when No Way Home's coming out. And it ends after No Way Home's release. Right. So, I don't know. I mean... The scheduling has to mean something if it's Marvel. It has to. Yeah. That's what, like, these properties, they're so close together. Sure. So, I mean, last time, what came out when Black Black Widow came out in May? What was the first Disney Plus show? First Disney Plus show was... was WandaVision. Yes. Then the next one was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, and then those two lined up together. Then next one was Loki. And then What If was its own thing. I I need to watch What If. I didn't get. I haven't you, seen it. That's the one episode. Yeah, that's I've seen one episode of What If. That was the first time I had watched any episode of any of these Disney Plus shows, and it was the zombie episode because I wanted to see how they would do zombies. It was fine. They just seemed like they kind of just had to get it done quickly because it's only like half an hour long and not even half an hour long. Mm, we'll see. Uh, I'm very interested in where Marvel's going right now. I think a lot of people are, man. And uh, I told you during before we went on. There is a certain leak that I I don't even want to. Let's talk about it. No, but I don't don't want to, but I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for certain people. Let me, let me be as vague as possible. Okay. In a new, in a newly released movie, newly releasing movie coming out soon. The soundtrack for this film has allegedly been leaked. It is not confirmed whether this is the soundtrack. I have not seen any. Thing that makes it concrete, but there are certain elements of this soundtrack, particularly in one of the tracks, that seem to borrow certain sounds mm-hmm. from other projects. That is all I can really say. So if you you you. You might understand it about ten days from now. I'm I'm really tr- I'm really trying to not let everybody. S- if people are watching, listen, watching. Hey, we say it every week. Yeah. Well, if people are listening to this podcast, yes, I think they're gonna know. What they you're know talking. what it is, but I don't want to. I don't want to say it outright. I want to leave it as vague as possible so people can go in fresh. I I didn't. I shouldn't have clicked on it to begin with in the first place. It came up on my recommended page on YouTube. I was like, oh, crap, leak. I clicked on it out of habit because the last two months, I'm like, oh, I got to click on this leak. I got to find this out, find this out, find this out. Now I got to stop doing that because we're 10 days out of this thing, man, and there's going to be people who are going to be... Do you think they're going to put out another trailer? No. I don't. They put out so many TV spots at this point, which another thing, too, somebody tallied up all the TV spots that have come out so far. This is a movie that I believe has been confirmed to be 150 minutes, two and a half hours. Do you know how much this... Uh, the video that I saw, which is apparently all the combined TV spots and trailer spots, do you know how much it equates to in mm. all the new shots? Seven. Not even seven. It's six minutes and 40 seconds out of a 150-minute movie. Think about that. Now, granted, there might be some shots that were just added in that they're not going to actually put in the movie. Avengers and Hulk running through Wakanda and all that. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting. It's it. it I'm, I'm happy that they're going that route. It's not like they're... So, do you think after the movie's out for a little bit, do you... Cause this movie's going to have a very long sure, show life, I'm sure. thinking. Do you think they'll put out a trailer with the spoilers um, in it? 
after um, a certain amount of time, after like two weeks or maybe so. Maybe I could see them like a maybe a week after. Because Avengers Endgame did that. Yes. They they put out a trailer like two weeks after the release of the film. Oh, yeah. The two weeks is plenty. Yeah, plenty. And they time. put out another, because that movie was in theaters for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, they were, trying to, they were trying to go after Avatar's record at the time. Which, and at the time, they beat it. Which, again, then, this I've said it before, this will be the first billion dollar movie in the pandemic era. This I don't believe this will beat Endgame. It even smashed though there were, ticket sales, though. It did, but I still think there's a significant portion of, of people that you know still are kind of iffy about going back to theaters. And this is a, a theater-only exclusive. Mm. So, I wonder. I don't... Because in my head, because of the marketing behind it, I don't remember talking about Endgame this much. I know. I know. I because, don't. Like, again, because... Everybody was excited for it. Because don't get me wrong. everyone was excited for it, but I think they knew kind of where it was going to go so you had that in the back of your mind again i don't know where this can go this could go a million different directions by the by the end of the runtime i genuinely don't know where this is going to go i i i, I don't that, and i think that's the brilliance of it yep like shang chi like the the promotional material you knew what you were getting yeah right black widow simple is, story you knew what you were getting simple story right eternals even the eternals something completely different yeah you knew what you were gonna get and this sure. they're not showing you anything nope not much. They're showing you the same stuff, just kind of. And it's the way that up. they're talking about it. Yeah, it's the uh, Amy Pascal, Kevin Feige, yep. anybody who's involved with this movie. Oh, the, I I watched the. Did you watch the villain featurette? Yesterday? No, I did not. I see. Dude, I gotta watch it's, it. It's it's for those of you who haven't seen it. It's Willem Dafoe, which again, I'm very surprised. Alfred they, Molina, Alfred Molina, and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Before that, I'm surprised Willem Dafoe has been. I know that his voice was used in the trailer and they confirmed the look of him, but they were holding off showing his face for the longest time up until a TV spot showed him with the purple hood throwing a pumpkin bomb Right, that came out like a few days ago. I'm surprised they showed that. Regardless, seeing those three talk about returning to these roles again, it was exciting to see. And it honestly, from obviously, you know, you never know when some people are like promoting stuff just to promote it, but I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised to see that they looked like they were really into getting into these roles again. I'm, it makes me more excited to see them bring something new to the table. And on the opposite end, one thing that has upset me recently yeah. is the fact that Marvel, well, Sony, put out Into the Spider-Verse 2's trailer. You didn't like that they put it out now? No, they should have waited until after... No way yeah, I think they're trying to throw they, people. I think they're striking while the iron's hot because everyone's got Spider-Man on the brain right now. Which, by the way, this is a this is this is a, a hell of a time to be a Spider-Man fan in terms of media because you have the movie, uh -huh. you have Into the Spider-Verse, you have the freshman year show that's coming out on Disney Plus, which is yep. going to chronicle the origins of MCU Spidey. You have the video game coming out in two years, and I think they're re-releasing the. They're uh, re-releasing the already released Insomniac games where they're going to add the No Way Home suits into the, those games. Well, and the Avengers game, they just recently put Spider-Man well, uh, in there. I mean, we don't, we're, I don't, I haven't heard a lot of great oh. things about that yeah, one. Have I you seen, have game. you seen, have you seen the video of the Avengers Spidey swinging through the thing? Yeah, it's stupid. It looks like, it's bad. It looks like half of the frame rate of Insomniac Spider-Man, which makes me appreciate how good Insomniac did on those games even more. Yeah, so it's, the, it, that is the last game that I played on a, on a system. No, oh, Spider Man, uh, Spider Man for PS4. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a great game. It is a good it's game. A great game. It, it it had the unfortunate release year of 2018 because two very very iconic game, soon to be iconic, one's already iconic in my book, came out that year: God of War, mm -hmm. the, the reboot, and Red Dead Redemption Two. Those mm -hmm. were those were like 
one, and two. And Spider-Man was a solid third. Which, again, if that was your top three for video games that year, it's a pretty good year. Yeah, he did pretty good that year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not a big gamer. But regardless, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to go see it yep. at, what time, 6.40 is the movie? Uh, it's a showtime some, for us? Somewhere around there. I don't want to say where exactly. It's the premiere of the film the night before, though. No. This is, this is the premiere. Well... Okay, when is the... I guess my question is, can you... Before we end the sure. section of the podcast, sure. when is the first premiere of this film going to come out? The, the full premiere? So, it, so even though the trailers have mostly been saying January 16th, I believe? Well, December 16th. Or, I don't know why I said January. A lot of people... A lot of trailers have said December 17th, rather, as the official day that it releases. Right. My but, quite, when is the when is the premiere when Zendaya and oh, Tom Holland... Oh, oh, The official oh. movie premiere. Because uh, that's when we're going to have to stay off the internet. I don't I don't believe it's that um, long... That's that long off from the release. Um, I hope it's the night before, because I don't think I could stay off the internet for that oh, long. What is, what, how do I not have the thing here? Okay, December 13th. It'll premiere in Los Angeles mm. on December 13th. Yeah, we're going to have to stay off... Twitter and all that for the next three days. Three days. So that's Monday. That's this Monday. Yes. It's the Hollywood premiere. Yes. That, you know what's thankful for me is that I will be traveling that Monday back home from... Denver, uh, right? Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to Denver for the weekend, but I'll be coming back that day. I, I just got to... In the airport, I just got to stay off the social media sites and I'll be okay. Watch a couple of film movies. Just do whatever I got to do. I know, man. It's it's dude. It's hard. We're going on the sixteenth. Yep. Tuesday's the fifteenth. Yes. Mondays. No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, Tuesday's the fourteenth. We're going on the sixteenth, which is a Wednesday. No, it's a Thursday. I'm positive it's a Thursday night, dude. No. Yeah. People are just listening right now, saying, "Well, Mikey's wrong on that." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I need to make some schedule adjustments yes, in do. my life. Yes, you do. So, okay. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So Mikey looks like he's got a schedule figured out. So now, uh, time to debate. Yeah, you're going down today. You're not. I'm not because today is the most manliest, the most testosterone fueled, the most epic of all showdowns. Best movie musical. And because West Side Story is coming out this week. Okay. Uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, it's, I, I think it's based on the stage story rather than the actual 1961 film. I have no earthly idea. It do, and mean, here's why. So right now I'm doing a lighting design for a theater production. Okay. And they were having auditions last night and we were all talking about West Side Story. Yeah. Nobody is excited to see it. Really? And these are theater people. These are people that... What? This is their bread and butter. I don't know why. I, I'll probably see it. I, yeah. I don't think... I, for me, this, it's not a movie I don't think I'll go see at theaters. This isn't some hack like that's trying to tear, tell his own tale about West Side Story. This is Steven Spielberg. And throughout history, we do know one thing about Steven Spielberg, and he is hit and miss. Even though he's had a lot of hits, he's also had some big misses. Like, catastrophic misses, like the movie 1941, which in retrospect is a really fun and good film, but it pretty much tanked his career until George Lucas had to save him with Indiana Jones. Seriously, he was blacklisted from Hollywood at that point. That is film history. I, he went so over budget, 
millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars over budget with the film 1941. He hired every big actor that he possibly could, paid every large expensive salary. And if you haven't seen 1941, it is a very good film. It's a it's a World War II comedy um, with huge budget. Yeah. Like they crash airplanes and everything, like real planes. Sure. So because he, he made that movie for, I believe, Columbia Pictures and they almost went out of business. Yes. Because of this film, nobody wanted to hire Spielberg. So George Lucas said, look, I'll hire you to direct Raiders. But if you go a day, uh, a day over production or a dime over budget, you're done. Okay. Which is why Raiders is full of flaws, like technical flaws, even though it's a f- fantastic movie. But there are there are shots that don't line up next to each other. There's consistency issues. There's all kinds of things like, quote unquote, wrong with Raiders. Okay. Though, though it is supposed to be one of the best movies. I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's not as good as Last Crusade, but, you know. This is not a debate for you and I to have. <laughs> yes, so, regardless, Spielberg has got a good reputation as a film director, and it's interesting to see him try to adapt a story that's already been widely praised in a different time, considerably. Right. Um, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be interesting. The casting looks very good. The The way it looks, I like the way the songs sound. I mean, I don't... Sure. I only saw West Side Story once in school. And I barely remember a lot. I, I get like the gist of it. I know how it ends. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't know that Maria was played by a woman who may or may have been a few shades too late to play a legitimate. What is it? Puerto Rican? Uh, sure. I, I don't know either. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but speaking of Puerto Ricans, <laughs> that that's that's as good as a tra- that's as good as a transition as you're going to get. The best. Mitchell. Movie musical. Mitchell. It's a preface. Okay. I have a theater degree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Doesn't mean I like musicals, but I don't mind them. But I will tell you, mm-hmm. the best movie musical of all time, of all time, is In the Heights by Lin-Manuel Miranda, directed by David Chu. Okay. It is an artistic, driven train with a beautiful story focusing on, on, on the life of of real people from Washington. Well, they're not real people, but it is a little bit of a retrospective story about Lin-Manuel Miranda growing up in Washington Heights when he was a kid and about having big dreams and about getting yourself out of the, out of the barrio as they call it, which is the Puerto Rican or the Spanish word for ghetto. Right. So getting yourself out and, and focusing on those dreams. And that to me, the message of the movie is so powerful and so clear and seeing these young driven people who came from nothing growing and trying to accomplish everything that they want to do. It is a beautiful film. It is full of comedy. It is full of, of happy songs. It is full of, of culture. And it is one of the best films I've ever seen. I've been, I got hooked on it in the summer. I watched the stage show years ago when it first came out. I love Lin-Manuel Miranda, first of all. And I think the casting of the movie was fantastic. It was right casting. I think uh, the musical, the the musical numbers that are in it, like you can't help but leave the theater bopping and dancing around. And the message of the movie is so clear. So when kids watch this, it teaches them to keep their dreams big. No matter where you come from, you can accomplish your dreams. And that that is the the most important part about In the Heights. That's a great story. Um, yours is one of the most critically acclaimed films of the year right now. It's probably going to get. Significant coverage for Oscars, and I mean, it's, and for good reason. It is a well done I, I don't, film. I don't disagree with you. I saw it and I thought, oh, this is cool. You know, it's a little, it's a, it's not a little story. It's a very big bombastic uh, musical production at times, and it's made by people who are very talented, starring people who are very talented. That being said, 
Just because your film is considered one of the best of the year by many does not mean it will be eventually one of the greatest films of all time. Like my choices today, maybe the OG of musicals, even though there might have been other musical kind of adaptations in film back then. But 1939's The Wizard of Oz takes a giant steaming dump all over it's any musical that comes out in the last choice, 80 years. Though. It's not, though. How it is is, a, why is it? Wizard of Oz is regarded as the best movie musical because of its technical achievements. Yes. Not because of its... I mean, whatever. It's Dorothy in Kansas, and she's no, 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 it's it's a story of having hope and dreams sure, and sure. coming from. Oh, and, and let me get to that too. Everything in the in, in the Heights is so freaking over dramatic to the point where it's like you're why talking over dramatic so with much? the Wizard of Oz. There's a wicked witch. <laughs> really? But it's in this flying monkeys. It's in this other world. There where are flying monkeys. It's in this foreign other world where you don't know what's going on and you see it through the eyes of a young sixteen uh, year old girl named Dorothy and her dog Toto and you don't know what's going on. You have a scarecrow, a Tin Man, and a talking lion who cowards it every is chance a weird acid trip it's a weird acid trip and in it's the fantastic heights is a real film in the heights has a light fluffy outer like covering inside this dark and depressing story like who wants because to we're through ever, this because everybody's an alcoholic it's a everybody's st- poor everybody's, not everybody's an alcoholic one guy's an alcoholic and a bunch of people are poor for like and there's an, a dying old lady and it's just it's just like, there's so many subplots in this thing. A and dying old lady, that's a boyla. She raised him since he was a child. Yes, and that was my favorite he song didn't in the have movie, his which pa- somehow his is parents. favorite. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's like, why did, they make him, why did they make him like, why didn't they make her the grandmother? It's like, why do they have to make her like this head of the neighborhood that takes him because on? Because she came from, from she, she was, she, she came from, the, I forget the country. Oh, Dominican Republic. She yes, came from the Dominican. DR. She came from the DR and she made something out of nothing because she was a cleaning lady and she she found a way to give back to the kids in her community okay. and she took care of her yeah. her community. I liked her in this in this role. I liked her song the most. I like her in this role. I just I'm I even in the musical, I'm just not a fan of the song. It's nothing against the the lady who sings the song. It's just when you have a talent like Anthony Ramos, who should be nominated for best actor in this film, mind you. And also, this 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 story was the start of Lin Manuel Miranda's historic yep. historic career. He's still writing stuff, and he he is now he's on legendary status. Sure, because he got better with stuff like Hamilton and his future projects. This was in a the stepping heights is in the heights is a stepping stone better than Hamilton. To, no, 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 no. You find me one person that thinks Hamilton, which is a technical achievement on Broadway, and in, and not even just Broadway in stage production that's film, is better than something like In the Heights. In the Heights is a stepping stone to what Hamilton would be for Lin Manuel Miranda. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Doesn't mean it's bad. He read a book on vacation. And was like, hey, we could make history fun. In the Heights is like a, a part, a partially a real story. 
of his life. It's 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 semi biographical. Okay, I can kind of see that. He read a book called Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chekhov, and he on vacation, and he knows now. And, and he, he was like, "Yeah, let's make a rap musical out of it," which was a huge hit. Yeah, but just because it's a hit doesn't mean it's, it's like it's better than In the Heights. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Just because it makes more money doesn't mean it's doesn't a mean better. That, that doesn't mean, that that doesn't take into account anything. I think it's a better overall production. There's more uh, uh, technical achievements no. with it. There's more well, put yeah, into it. Duh. There's more put into it. it. Had a higher budget. He was exactly. He, he, he was on such a short leash on Broadway when he came up with In the Heights. He's lucky he even got that. Like thing Duel off the is an excellent Steven Spielberg film, but nobody's going to say that Duel is better than Jaws. And Jaws is supposedly like the peak of Spielberg because Spielberg got more stepping stones. No, Raiders like Duel. Is, the, is the peak of Spielberg. No, Last Crusade is, but that doesn't matter. No. Um, Schindler's more list. stuff that I want to talk about. The, going back to The Wizard of Oz. You mentioned before the achievements of it. It was the first film, to, uh, one of the first films to use Technicolor. It brought color to the mass audiences, and it's so well remembered for it's that. Not, when you that see doesn't it, mean it's the best musical of all time, though. Okay, but what about the songs? Then I have at least four memorable songs in this movie. You Ava have maybe one. Avatar is a technical achievement. We don't think it's the best movie of all time. Just We're not talking about a, Avatar I'm here. By saying, the way, I watched it on cable last night, and I, it was okay. I watched like yeah, ten I minutes. Yeah, I don't like of Avatar, it. but that's my point. Like, just but let's let's talk about the songs in this. Over the rainbow, somewhere. You're, I'm not going to sing the rest. Uh, you have Ding Dong, the witch is dead. We're off to see the wizard. And every one of the Scarecrows, Tin Mans, and Coward the Lion songs you can remember. If I only had a brain, it's the same heart, song with different lyrics. Some courage. It's the same the song nerve. with different lyrics. But you remember. It's the same song. You remember if it. If I only had a brain. You I don't. I don't remember heart, one single song from courage. In the Heights except for maybe the main song. Lights up on Washington Heights. No. Nope. Break a day. I wake nope. up. Really? No. Nope. Are you kidding? Nope. Ninety six thousand. Dollars, oh, it's dollars. that stupid lottery ticket song where Carnival. everybody walks into the pool with their lottery tickets like assholes. Everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a dream. And then at the end, the the abuela hid the win she bought the winning lottery ticket and she hides it in this little like knickknack that he. If he hadn't found that, she knew she would she have was royally screwed him over for she, life. He, she knew he was gonna find it. They were like that was like his mom. No, no, no. Yes, no, no, no. that ticket would have sat in there and for years, and somebody else would have claimed the winning lottery ticket. He helped his little cousin, his little cousin, closet, his little cousin. Yeah, his he little helped cousin. his little. He didn't use it on himself to buy his his big dream that he wanted to move to the Dominican Republic. No, he decided to. He knew. He had oh yeah, right here. Yeah. At the whole movie, it makes you think that he's in some sort of weird like beach place, presumably the Dominican. Republic because he wants to buy the business his father had in there before he died. But then in the end, oh, it's he's sitting behind a backdrop. The and he's whole, still in the Washington there's Heights. an art style to the movie. That's what they went with. Yes. It's beautiful. Which I knew that was going to be, one of those kids is going to be his and the main love interest daughter at the I knew it was going to happen. Which, by the way, too, why are there like, I, I'm not understanding the two central uh, couples. Like, why do they go with two? Why do they have to have, why didn't they just go with one central like line? I think that I don't know. That's just how I, I think wrote that it. Benny and the other girl's name they have a more fruitful Nina storyline rather than uh, uh, Vanessa and Usnavi. Use U.S. Navy and his girl. Oh, who, it's a great reason to name your kid Usnavi. Yeah, You're you saw a U.S. Navy boat, and that's like it's because America for these people is the land of dreams. We are so entitled because we've lived here our whole lives. We don't know what it's like to come from this let's, extreme let's, poverty. Let's name our kid. Let's name our kid with a name that starts with the letter they U. They were proud. They were proud. And it does sound yeah, Spanish. Usnavi. It sounds Spanish. Okay. But then like the whole, like the, the conflict between him and Vanessa is like, they go on one bad date to the salsa club. She starts grinding up against a whole bunch of guys. And then he starts dancing with one girl. And all of a sudden there's, you had one bad blackout, date. Blackout, blackout, blackout. <laughs> Again, I don't remember any of the songs. 
that's on you then. Great. That is on you. I know that there is a blackout in Washington. Why are they why are they firing fireworks into the sky in a town where everybody's like stressed the hell out? Dude, why are they doing that? It's the 4th of July. Everybody's got fireworks. That's why they're shooting them off. I know, but like if you were, yeah, if you were they're worried about looting July. at that point. They're worried about their stores being looted. That's the whole thing. If there's no power, people are going to rob you. It's New York City. Crap like that happens all the time. That's true. So they're trying to protect the different stores. So they're making distractions from people so nobody loots. This just goes to show how much I don't remember. It shows you how you don't pay attention. I did. I tried to pay attention, man. Just, I just because your movie had Judy Carland and uh, some Technicolor and a beautiful LSD great, trip great doesn't songs make it. That won Oscars for just, best original it's score. It's popular because it's best old. Original song. It's not popular because it's old. First of all, the, Na- the Library of Congress has proven this to be the most seen film in movie history. There is no... You could have In the Heights playing on everyone's TV and iPad for the rest of time and no one's going to watch it as much as Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you know why? Because everybody in the Wizard of Oz is white. <laughs> everybody in everybody in the no, freaking In the Heights it is Dominican. Because, yeah, exactly. And that's my point. Oh, and apparently apparently there was a controversy where uh, freaking they had some issues of colorism. That they didn't have enough Afro-Latino actors. I, that, that doesn't matter. That, I'm going to give that. I'm not going to use that argument against you. Everybody. Yeah. Even even the, what's funny, the woman from the original West Side Story, I think, came out and, like, defended that, like, they said that they were overreacting. All I'm saying is Anthony Ramos deserves to win Best Actor I from his performance. I mean, he's fine. Do you know he's in Hamilton? Is he? Yeah, oh, he's John right. Lawrence. Yeah, he's uh, Alexander Hamilton's son. Yes. And uh, dies both times. Actually, yeah. fun fact, yeah. off topic, about In the Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was very, str- he stressed the fact that he did not want to be in it because in the stage production, he played Usnavi. Yeah. Um, and Christopher Jackson played uh, the Benny. He played Benny in the original thing, yeah. right? But when they were casting the movie, because he was not in charge of casting, mm-hmm. he... he he fought for Anthony Ramos to play Usnavi. That's good. Because they became really close during Hamilton. He was like, oh my gosh, in time, you would be the perfect Usnavi. And then they, they went forward to the film, and he was like, you guys have got to... So that was his... Lin-Manuel Miranda's casting choice. Mm-hmm. The only say he had in this film was uh, Anthony Ramos's Usnavi. Okay. He didn't even write the movie. I mean, no, he, helped re- he helped rearrange the music, and he was on set for the musical numbers. But when they were casting the film, the casting director kept saying, listen... We gotta we, get we, we gotta get you in somehow. Well, no, because they wanted to the the role that he plays in the film doesn't really work in the movie that much mm-hmm. because the reason that they, he added the Piagua guy into the stage show was to give transitions. Okay, right. So it gave time for the sets to change back and forth. So there was no real reason. There was no real way to like make it make sense. And the only way they can make it make sense, they were like, "Look, we're gonna have to cut Piagua guy if you don't play him." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "No, no, I don't want to be in the film. I don't want to be in the film." And finally, it's like, "All right, we're cutting Piagua guy." He goes, "Well, if you're gonna do that, I'm just gonna be in the film then." Sure. <laughs> and so then he was like, "Well, hey, would it be cool if we got Christopher Jackson to come in and Did, be Mr. Frosty?" Which is funny, like, which is cause, fun. Yeah, cause it's like, oh, you recognize them from Hamilton, and now they and they were in the original show. They were the two. Didn't original they? Leads. Didn't they cut a character from this movie? Some woman. One of the female characters from the play? I I don't think so. I feel like they did. Um, trying to think who they would have cut because I'm th- I'm looking through the music in my head. Uh, I mean, Cam- was it Camila? Or was Camila in the film? I I don't know which one Camila. No, because she's. Nina, it was supposed to be Nina's mother. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. They did change that a little bit because the dad in the movie is a single dad, and in the musical there is the mom. There's a mom and dad relationship. Now to be fair, there's a lot of stuff that's cut from. The novel Wizard of Oz, yes. the Wizard of Oz, because there's some really like weird things that are going on there. Um, 
that they couldn't do back in 1939, but they they still produced a very solid film, one of the best films ever. All right, made. what do you think the best part of Wizard of Oz is for you? Best part? I mean, to you, in your taste, in your likes, what do you think you're the best thing about Wizard of Oz is? You, I mean, it's what makes a musical is the songs. The songs are iconic. There's so many of them that you still remember. You can They easily sink into your head more than the In the Heights songs. Um, obviously, the use of Technicolor and the way that the sets are built. It's one of the grandest films ever made, even though it was made 80 years ago. There's something to the film being so far in the past that it feels timeless. It doesn't feel like it's it's aged or dated in any point, even though it was made such a long time ago. And overall, everything is well put together to a point where people are still watching this and still being affected by it. There are films made after this, probably, that aren't emotionally resonating with people. Okay. I think my favorite part about uh, In the Heights is the the direction. I think the directing. David Chu, and you mentioned off camera. Oh, It's, he, John, it's John Chu, it's by John the way. John Chu. I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bad at names. People who have been listening <laughs> to this podcast know that. But my point, John Chu... As you brought up earlier, he directed the Justin Bieber documentary. No, I, I said it was funny that he had the biggest like rebound with like he he was directing films like the two Justin Bieber documentaries, Gem and the Holograms, GI Joe Retaliation, and then all of a sudden he does Crazy Rich Asians, which and is this, a beautiful piece, and this, which are like all of a sudden, wow, you got some critical acclaim on you. You're probably gonna get some Oscar. Noms. I just I love the hyper realism that he but he you know it goes from being the real life to the big brass musical numbers. Hyper realism where the guy like record scratches a manhole cover. Yeah like that's cool. Like that that kind of stuff. You I, know what I mean? Like I like that. I like when they're a, walking on the side of the building at the end, Benny and Nina and they have that that is that, that is an inch, that is really and cool on when the ice. Uh, when Vanessa is like talking about her dream wanting to be a fashion you have mm -hmm. the 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 fabric in the air. Like, I think, oh, that's so cool. I love the way that that's done. You could never do that in the stage show. The stage show's much more, like, verbatim. Like, we're going to tell this story with the script and the music. I, but the the movie has all this color, has all this culture, has all this beautiful, beautiful uh, art design that, that goes in. It's more than just a musical. It's like, a, it's an art piece. And I think that's why I'm obsessed with the film so much. Wizard of Oz was a Broadway musical as well, back in 1902, that eventually was transitioned to... The film. So both of ours, I think, are, do a very good job of expanding on what they could do on stage into what they can do on a silver screen. Yeah, and yeah, right. But I, I think mine holds up better. I think mine is a timeless classic, and I think mine will be the one that people will go to more often than In the Heights. In the Heights, I think, is a very good accomplishment in... Uh, I it will definitely say, underachieved at the box office. Yeah, but... It, that was that was a few months back when things were still kind of going nuts, but I think it's a very good um, presentation that is very different from a lot of Broadway uh, productions that are made into films, and there's a lot to like about it, and there's certainly a, a great accomplishment that Lin-Manuel Miranda and the people around this film get to make, but again, Wizard of Oz is timeless. Wizard of Oz is likely going to stay in the cultural zeitgeist forever, even as it keeps going and going further and further to where I don't even think anybody who made the production is still alive today. No, I don't think so. I mean, the I mean, movie was made in 1939. Yeah, it was made by the guy. Well, Victor Fleming was one of the, He, I think he is the credited director, but I think there were points where certain directors were hired and fired during production, and then Fleming left to do... There Gone, was a lot of horror stories on Gone with the Wind. Was. Yes, Gone with the Wind, and then he ended up you know, making two Best Picture nominees in the same year. Apparently there were... 
some accusations against people how they handled Judy Garland on set, and it might have led to some of her personal problems later in life, although I cannot prove that. All right. Can we do something here on Film Fight that I think would be really fun? What's that? Can we do our top three movie musicals, and then can we do our top three worst? Do you know enough? Because um, I could think I'm of a couple sh- that would go on my I, worst I know, list. I know one that I could make for us. I could probably just grab other two, but like I can do three best, so why don't you go ahead with your best? All right. I think my best would be uh, In the Heights. Lame. I'm not putting an order. Okay. Okay. Lay Miz. Lay Miz. Um, the technical achievement for Lay Miz was absolutely. St- they sung on set while they were yeah. filming. I mean, you can't discredit Lay Miz. And in fact, you know, there there could be an argument that maybe Lay Miz is a little bit better. But for me, in the heights resonates with me more because of my background and where I come from and what I want to do with my life. Okay. And I think that's kind of why I'm picking In the Heights. But if you look at Lay Miz, Lay Miz is definitely <laughs> it is a beast of a film. Um, but it's not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd probably say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to say it. The, the Hamilton Disney Plus, because it's an actual can't, stage show that's shot like a movie. And I think that's you so want, cool. You want to count like film productions? We can do that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, for me, I mean, obviously Wizard of Oz is right up there. Okay. Sound of Music. Okay. Another class. I, I, I almost went with that one too. I feel like I got a... That, there was so, there's different variations from Disney. Like they would do animated musicals and... Mm-hmm. I guess, count. I, I guess I could say Lion King is right up there as well. Maybe I'll put Lion King at number two and then Sound of Music number three. There's just You know who wrote the music for Lion King, right? Yeah, the guy who kicked ass in Kingsman. Yeah! John, That's again, coming. When, when are we doing that debate? That makes sense. Well, when the Kingsman releases, I'll spoil it. Ladies and gentlemen, and you are going to have this an is go- experience. This is, going to be, this is going to be Tyson... Like Tyson against Ali, which never happened. But if that happened, oh boy. Well, next week we got Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, we're talking Spider-Man. We'll and do I, I don't think I'm going to get as heated because I can make an argument for a lot of the Spider-Man movies of why they're good versus bad. But we're going to pick our favorites. Your, but you have your particular favorite. I have, I have my, my particular, particular favorite, favorite and you have your personal favorite and yep. that's fine. But we're just, I can't wait to, I can't wait to talk Spider-Man for yeah. a little bit. And then once Spider-Man's done being talked about, I can't wait to stop talking about Spider-Man. I told my friend the other day, cause we've been talking about this movie nonstop for two months. I'm like, I'm never going to watch Spider-Man for like the next five years after this freaking, I hopefully watch his new film a couple of times. Yeah. But, but okay. So now worst musicals. Oh, cats. You ever try to watch cats? I, oh, it's so I'm bad. A, I'm aware of. It's so bad. I can't even tell you. It, it is just probably, if you turn on the first 10 minutes, you'll know why it's bad. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. I'm aware of the the discourse against it. Yeah, it's I, I I'm curious, mm. you know. But go ahead, number two. Um, and then I don't like what Disney's doing, uh, when they're doing these live action movie musicals. Okay, and they're putting famous people in who can't sing, mm-hmm. even if they're a good famous actor, they probably should not be singing. So what's the number two? Well, oh. There's a lot of bad ones. Oh, also, Moulin Rouge has got to be up there as one of the best movie musicals. I haven't seen that one. I've heard... Isn't it like... It's, it's a you and McGregor. where they take yes. modern songs. It's interesting. It's moving its way to Broadway right now, the stage show, and apparently the stage show isn't that good. I have oh. not seen it. I've uh, I've heard that the Cinderella movie that Amazon put out did the same thing, like a jukebox. Oh, God, yeah. Have you seen that one? No, I've heard I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it one either. I, I try to stay away from crap if I can. That's why I hate when I get lied to by films. <laughs> Ghostbusters, <laughs> Black Widow. I try to not watch bad movies. I, Just, I, I, I try to right, stay away from right, them. Right. Number two, number three. Uh, yeah, I don't know, because I really like the art style of Beauty and the Beast, but I, I hated some of the songs that they did with that. Because the art style was really cool. I, of the live action one? Yeah, I just don't. Emma Watson's a 
gorgeous bell, but just can't. Sing. I could never. I honestly couldn't tell like that was auto tune when I was yeah, in the theater. Yeah, I guess when yeah, someone points it out, it's like, yeah, okay, she needed help, but uh, man, I'm I'm blanking. There I'm, aren't there aren't like a lot of failure musicals, like absolute disaster musicals, except for one. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember back in the early 2000s, but American Idol was a very successful television singing program. Oh yeah. My but, first concert was an American Idol concert. Really? I think I think mine was too. Yeah, it was the year David Cook won. I don't know. That mine was season five. I can't remember who won that. But uh, I remember I remember seeing um after the first season when Kelly Clarkson won, she and the guy who finished as the runner up were contracted to star in a in a movie together. It's called From Justin to Kelly, and it is a broken mess of a movie from the, the actual songs to the performances, to the way it looks, everything looks hideous and everything sounds hideous. I will have to look that one up. She's even come out and said like, yeah, I was basically kind of forced to do it. And I, I feel for her and the other guy who's the, the Dr. Pepper guy now. Um, <laughs> number two and three. Um, I see. I, I don't know. Again, not having seen all the musicals, it's, difficult for me to find a bad one i'll probably just throw out one more um why don't you think of a third one while i, I come up with this mm. you thinking of one too okay yeah cats beauty and the beast and then um Man, this is hard i know mm. i will it will we'll yeah. come back to it a different time we will we um, are running we are running on time though so yeah so um obviously you heard our debate We'll put out a poll on Spotify, and we'll make sure to uh, hopefully get some. You're of your guys gonna win feedback. this one. Everybody's gonna say Wizard of Oz. Of course, of I course. mean, yeah. But Except next me. week, next next week, uh, next week may be different. I don't know if it will be, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Obviously, listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, mm-hmm. and Apple Podcasts, where you can listen to it. Um, Anchor especially, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Mitch Spinell at Mikey the Film Guy on Twitter. I need to post on there more. If you uh, <laughs> follow me on Facebook and Instagram, yeah. Just type in Mikey Rogers. I'm sure my idiot face will pop up. Sure. So, yeah, that's where I'm most active is Facebook and Instagram. That's pretty much the same thing for me. My name under Facebook and Instagram as well. So, yeah, that's all I have for this episode. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. I'm excited for next week. Mitch. Me too. I, I <laughs> The Spider-Man stuff, it's getting me. Yeah. I, I didn't think we'd be spending so much time talking about uh, this uh, Spider-Man movie, but here we are. It, but, it's again, it's one of the most highly anticipated films of our lifetime. Yeah. This is our, I mean, you could say it's our end game because we already had an end game. It's like, I'm, it's, I'm not just interested to see the movie. I'm interested to sit next to you because of how excited you are yeah. and watch your expressions. Watch it. I'm I wish very I could excited. just film you watching the movie. Well, I'm very excited to like have a big group of friends around there yeah. just to ha- just to be able to experience and a big crowd. You know, I, I checked the, uh, ticket sales today on Fandango and the only seats left, there's like 10 seats way down in front so like where you have to like look up mm-hmm. which i absolutely wanted to avoid right and i got some very good seats for us so yeah that's all we have all right all well right. ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next week and uh this is uh mikey rogers signing off for film fight mitch Pinnell. have yourself a week mm-hmm. let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. 
The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.